Good morning, everybody. I hope you had a happy Thanksgiving. I'm going to make a deal with you today, okay? I'm going to negotiate this. You stay awake, and I'll try to stay awake, okay? I'm serious. I love that song, Grace Like Rain. Some of the people that come on Wednesday nights have heard me tell this story before, and this is a very, very true story. I know it will be hard to believe, but it's a very true story. The first time I ever heard that song, I was going to Mount Vernon. It was early in the morning, up on Broadway in my car. It was a minivan. cruising along, come to a stoplight, the song come on the radio, first time I ever heard it. And I just started bawling and bawling. And I mean, just the tears running down my face. You ever seen the show Wizard of Oz? The cowardly lion on there? I was like him, I was like. (laughs) I mean, I was just bawling. And all of a sudden, there's, it's early in the morning, there's nobody else on the street, and there's a pickup truck that pulls up beside me, and I'm there, <laughs> and I look over, and there's this redneck dude in a pickup truck there next to me, and we look at each other, and our eyes meet, and I, I, I don't know, but I, I'm pretty sure there was a tear running down the side of his face. I don't know that for sure though, but our eyes met and I knew that he was thinking the same thing. I feel you, bro. I feel your pain. And whenever, whenever that light turned green, I had my hand on the steering wheel and I looked at him, he looked at me, we hit the gas. And it just, and you know that drum part where they do the that's when that happened. I will never forget that. You know, I think maybe, I hope that dude isn't in here because he may, he may have had a different take on that story. But that's how I remember it. Special song. Let's turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter five, verse one through 11. Luke chapter five, verse one through 11. And what I want you to do is I want you to put your finger in there, okay, where that's at. Luke chapter five, verse one through 11. I have been known as the church storyteller, okay? Not the church liar, the church storyteller. Is that all right with you guys? Many of you probably don't remember this, but, or may not have even been here then, but many of you will remember this, I remember as a, a long time ago, there was a bunch of us men and boys that used to hang around out back here. We were called the Royal Rangers. Man, we had a lot of fun and adventure. I remember one camp out that we had, and there isn't very many here that had been at this camp out, but there's a few, and I know that you remember this. We were over at a farm over there by Iuka, and a guy let us camp out there, and there was probably about 40 of us, and um, 
We were all acting real primitive and stuff like that, you know. We were ahead of our times. And the boys, they even took it a step farther and they started sharpening up sticks, making spears. And, and we had to kind of settle them down just a little bit. But man, we had a lot of fun. We had a lot of good times. But we also saw a very, very consistent spiritual growth in those kids. We saw kids come to know Christ. Matter of fact, that was kind of our, our thing, our saying of what we did was to reach, teach, and keep boys for Christ. That's actually part of how we come up with the slogan, reach, teach, and serve. <clears throat> I've been here for about 18 years and I saw these boys and these men grow up. They would start out, some of them I remember as little bitty, some of them were bigger at the time. Um, I saw them go through different phases in their life. I saw them at the altar at different times. Matter of fact, down here we have this place called Ranger Hill. It's a very special place. I've talked about it before. And um, we had different church services and stuff down there for the boys. I remember one specific service and... um, we had a guest speaker and it was Bo Bear was preaching down there. I don't know if you remember this, Bo, but you were preaching, man, you were preaching up a storm to these little boys. And there was one, one kid that was on the second row and he sat there real matter-of-factly like this on the bench and Bo got down to the altar call and he said, you know, maybe you've never made a decision to follow Christ. And the boy goes, I've already made a decision. <laughs> Do you remember that? Oh my gosh, that was one of the most memorable times that I've ever had. And I thought, you know what? That kid has made a decision. Even as little as he is, he's made a decision. As the boys got older, they started going through different changes in their lives. And I've seen a lot of them grow up here. Um, And I mean, serious changes and even physical changes. You know, puberty. (laughs) All the kids are going. <laughs> you ever seen that old show, The Brady Bunch? One of the most memorable times on there was whenever Bobby went through it, and he was—he'd sang that song. Oh, it's time to change. You remember that? Yeah, they went through serious changes, and life started to get more serious. Different temptations, different struggles, and different issues. Everybody's got issues, don't they? Even Justin Bieber's got issues. He sings that song, I got issues, baby, true, true, true. Right? But I saw them get older and the things start getting more serious. They start trying to figure out what they're gonna do in life. You know, that's one of the weirdest questions that we ask kids, what do you wanna be when you grow up? You know, the kids, they don't know. I just found out a few years ago what I wanted to be when I grew up. That's like one of the most unfair questions. But today, some of those boys and men have already made a decision to follow Jesus. Some of them have chose not to for now. But you know, when we plant those seeds in those kids and those men and it sits there and it germinates for a while, and even if they've made some wrong choices in their life, one of these days, I have faith 
that that seed will get water on it and it'll be in good ground and someone else will come along and nurture it and bam, it will sprout up into new life. It wasn't for nothing. This growing up business is hard. Isn't it, Johnny? This is hard business, isn't it? A lot of decisions every day. I don't know what it was like for Simon Peter and Andrew and James and John, you know, the first four disciples that it talks about in the Bible. I don't know what it was like for them to grow up. But I do know that, you know, things have changed a lot in this world, but a lot of the problems are still the same. Different time, different culture, but I'm sure they got through the same temptations and the same problems and different issues. Let's look here in Luke chapter 5, verse 1, if you're at your Bible. It says, So it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of Genesaret. And he saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. They were down to the point of washing their nets. And see, these were commercial fishermen. Um, Fishing is hard, dangerous work for commercial fishermen. Have you ever seen that show, Deadliest Catch? That's some serious stuff, bro. I mean, those waves are outrageous. Even if you're on Carlisle Lake and a storm blows up, that's some serious, dangerous stuff. These were commercial fishermen, hard, dangerous work, and it took lots of preparation to do their job. You see, whenever we we read that and we say, oh, well, they were washing their nets, like it was, oh, let's wash, wash the nets, wash the nets. No, they're cleaning up after a hard evening's work. A lot of preparation. This stuff just doesn't happen all by itself. Things just don't happen by happenstance. They took a lot of preparation. Um, A lot of things have to happen before you catch fish. And then the work isn't even over yet, is it? You know, one of the hardest parts of doing a job is after it's over, the cleanup. And I'll tell you what, whenever we have a funeral dinner or an oasis meal and stuff like that, I tell you what, people just jump in and help start cleaning up. That's so awesome. Because I tell you, a lot of times I've been on different things where people, we have something and then whenever it's getting ready, right almost at the end, people are like, well, I got to (laughs) go. Not here, man. You got you Oasis Bunch are the best people on the planet. Let's give them a hand. People ask me all the time, what's your favorite place to eat or what's your favorite restaurant? Because I am the church uh, food critic. Uh, no, I'm serious. Don't laugh at me, I'm serious. I'm the church food critic. And here's what I tell them. Oasis meal at Orchardville Church. That's my favorite place to eat. Because the hospitality, the food, everything about it, the fellowship, you wouldn't want to be any other place. And you know, it's something about like, I don't know, it's just something about homemade corn and chicken and noodles and stuff like that. It, what it does is it transcends me back to a happy time. 
even if I'm feeling bad. It's, I guess that's why call, they call it comfort food. But it really, really is awesome. It says, then he got into the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from land. He sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Now see, my human instincts would have been a little different in this. Because if I'd been working all night doing the same thing with no success, I'm ready to go to the house. My human instincts would have said, look, I've tried and I've tried and it's not happening. You know, I know John has already said that you're the Lamb of God, but I'm the fisherman here. This is what I do. This is my family business. And I'm saying, I'm done. I'm done for the night. I'm over it, and that's it. But Simon Peter didn't say that, did he? Because in verse 5 it says, But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Now here's the turning point. He says, Nevertheless, at your word, because Jesus, because you spoke this, I will do differently than what my instincts say. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. When they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. Any fishermen in here? None? I know there's one right over here and he would love to go out and fish and catch a whole boatload of crappie. I guess it was about 14 years ago over this way in the, where Teens is now, the little cubicle that Stephen Kalides copies the CDs in, it's about the size of a small bathroom. There was five of us deacons and the pastor over there. And I remember this meeting very distinctly. We were sitting in there and we were talking about some problems that we had. Serious problems. You want to know what the problem was? We didn't have enough room for Sunday school. Because we had so many people that were coming to Sunday school, we just were literally busting at the seams. We didn't have this built yet or the, or the uh, coffee shop here. And we were just busting at the seams. And I remember talking about that, trying to figure out what we were going to do. At that time, our Royal Rangers were downstairs in what is the teen basement, in, and we were crammed into the area where the pool tables are at. And that was, di- that was divided into four different rooms with a narrow corridor and very dim lighting. I mean, you thought you were in a Chinese sweatshop down there, you know? <laughs> there were 60 of us, men and boys, crammed in that little area. And so we were out of room. And I remember in that deacon's meeting, And I remember us coming to a conclusion, these are good problems to have. Man, wouldn't we love to have those problems today? And we've got classrooms back here that are empty, some of them. And so we've got the infrastructure here to fulfill those issues, don't we? Those are good problems to have. You know... 
God is a whole lot bigger than what our problems is. It doesn't matter if it's sickness, if it's family or job or if it's church. God is a lot bigger than what our problems is. Verse 7 says, so they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. See, when you step out in faith and do your part, and we know God always does his part, doesn't he? Something special can happen and people will be amazed. I don't know how many people have always, whenever the first time they've driven to the church, And they said, I'm just amazed that this is down here. And when we, that's what happens when we step out in faith. I'm not talking about leaping out in faith. I'm talking about stepping out in faith and we do our part and God does his. Verse 10 says, and so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. When we read this, a lot of us look at this and we translate it as quit your job and go on to full-time ministry. But I don't think that's usually the case. But sometimes it is. You know, it happens for some of us. Um, You just never know. But I think a lot of people, the very net that they're holding is something that they're caught up in. And here's the point that I'm making on this. Whatever you're caught up in, if it's causing strife or if it's causing you problems or your family problems, you need to drop that and you need to follow him. I don't know what it is that each and every one of you are going through, but it seems like everybody goes through issues, don't they? Unforgiveness, anger, lust, pride, whatever it is you're dealing with, you need to drop it. You need to drop it and follow him. We need to humble ourselves. We need to seek his face. We need to turn from our wicked ways. And he'll hear from heaven and forgive us of our sins and he'll heal our land. He'll heal our relationships, our body, and he will heal our church. You see, this was a very pivotal moment in these disciples' lives because everything kind of hinged on this decision. We all have decisions to make, and every day, today might be a pivotal decision and moment in your life. Maybe some of you have never accepted Jesus as your savior. In this room, I would venture to say that most of you have, but there might be things in your life that you just need to drop it and leave it to God and go and follow him. If the musicians would go ahead and come. I told Sunday school class, I said, you guys wear your steel-toed shoes. I might be stepping on some toes today. 
If everyone would please go ahead and stand. If you're in this room today and you say, George, I don't even know what you're talking about, but I do understand one thing. I want to follow this guy that you call Jesus. And if you're that person, I'd invite you as they play to go ahead and just make your way up to this altar. Come and talk to me. I'll pray with you and lead you in a prayer of salvation. For the rest of us, Jesus invites us to follow him. And we must each choose whether we will or whether we won't. And I would like to invite the rest of you guys that want to to come up to these altars, these tear-stained altars, and pray. We're going to move towards unity here at Orchardville. In Jesus' name, I pray, Lord, for the Holy Spirit to come upon this place and to fill us up. Some people think the Holy Spirit is just about all heebie-jeebie stuff, but I'm telling you what, this is what the Holy Spirit does for me, is He gives me comfort and a calmness about me. As they play, if you would.
It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.